Hello, and welcome to a special Hope podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Brody. Have you ever met someone and felt an instant connection? C.S. Lewis said, Friendship is born at that moment when one person says to another, What? You too? I thought I was the only one. This is exactly what my connection with my friends Jonathan and Sarah McGuire was like. They were people who understood me instantly. Sarah and I especially connected as women who have felt isolated and lonely as special needs moms. We knew the darkness of depression, and we found light at the end of the tunnel in friendship. The McGuire's have been a strong encouragement and support to me, and I'm so excited to introduce them to you if you don't know them already. Jonathan and Sarah have been married for 18 years and are the parents of two boys. They began their journey in special needs 12 years ago with the birth of their youngest son, who was allergic to all food except sweet potato, and he was severely autistic. In addition to being parents, Jonathan and Sarah co-founded Hope Anew in 2016. Hope Anew is a nonprofit that comes alongside parents of kids with special needs on the spiritual and emotional side of that journey, guiding them toward Christ-centered hope and healing. They connect with parents through a curriculum-based hope and healing workshop they wrote and facilitate, as well as writing, speaking, and podcasting, focusing on the unique challenges of special needs parenting. And there is now a new facet to Hope Anew, which is their online community for parents of children impacted by special needs and disability that launches October 1st, 2019. Today, I'll be talking with them about their story and all the incredible resources they have created through their ministry organization, especially their new online community. So let's get the party started. Jonathan and Sarah, welcome to A Special Hope. Thank you. It's so great to be here. We appreciate it. It's wonderful to be with you today. Oh, yeah. It's so great to meet with old friends, isn't it? Oh, I love it. Just uh, just like we're visiting and sitting in our chairs with a cup of coffee. Cup of coffee. So we met through the Key Ministry author site. The three of us are all authors, and we write blog posts for the Key Ministry special needs parenting blog. So I think we kind of knew names through that, but then we really got to know each other at the first Inclusion Fusion Live conference in Cleveland a couple of years ago. And that was so much fun getting to meet you guys in person. I love getting to, you know, actually hug somebody's neck (laughs) and see their face and meet them face to face. Um, So that's when we first met, I think, right? Definitely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And we were the two parents with an H. That's right. That's right. We were the two. Yes. We were on the mom's panel of Sarah's and we had to make fun of Sarah Haig, who didn't have an H and really screwed it all up because every time we had to write it out, we had to put our H's in parentheses, you know, so... (laughs) Yeah, that was fun. Now, what I remember about that is that, Jonathan, you gave a talk on five-minute vacations for special needs parents, and that talk was so helpful to me, and I mm-hmm. I loved what you had to say. Some of the things that you talked about, I was kind of already doing, but I hadn't thought about it in the way that you did it and giving a visual. So just for our listeners, real quick, walk through the five-minute, like the, the breathing square. Oh, goodness. Okay. So the breathing square. So the whole principle is that everybody needs a vacation. And if you don't take that vacation, you're, you're basically going to have a physical, emotional breakdown. Your body just can't keep going, going, going nonstop. Right. So even if 
vacation is just a five minute vacation every day, which that's doable. You know, even if it's just when you get up in the morning or evening before you go to bed, it's, it's, it's a time that we need to prioritize. So one of the things that we can do in that five minute vacation is a breathing exercise. It's been shown that deep breathing is actually the most stress reducing thing that you can do. And it's, it's cheap. You can do it at home and you can do it wherever you're at. So basically with deep breathing, you can think about it like a square. So you inhale through your nose for a count of four. And you, so you go up, up the side of the square while you're counting to four. So four, three, two, one. And as you get to the top of the square, you pause and hold your breath for a count of four. So hold three, two, one. Then you exhale through your mouth, going back down the side of the square for a count of four. So exhale, three, two, one, and then you get down to the base and you hold for another count of four. So hold three, two, one. And you repeat this going around the square, the square for a series, you know, four times or for a minute or however long it takes you just to sort of relax and breathe and slow down. And uh, yeah, it's a very helpful tool to just help men maintain that sanity and give you that, that, that five minute vacation. Yeah. It's also been really helpful for my son, Sam, when he has a meltdown or even my youngest son, Josh, because he goes into uh, kind of meltdowns too, where he just feels out of control and he's anxious and he's just kind of all over the place. And so I can kind of always ground them with, okay, we're going to breathe now. And Sam actually has a Garmin Vivo Sport watch and there's a stress reliever app on it. And there's a breathing exercise that kind of, it's similar to that. And it shows the the face breathing and breathing out. So what I do with my boys is I'm like, we're going to breathe and I'll use my fingers to give them a visual since we don't have a, you know, a square in front of us. You could get a square and trace your finger around the square. That could be helpful too. But I use my fingers and I just hold up one, two, three, four, and then I'll say hold two, three, four, then breathe two, three, four, et cetera. So anyway, that was a freebie for our listeners right there. I love that one though. If you go to our website, which uh -huh. you'll give that information download the the listeners can download a whole PDF that outlines the the talk and all the different tools and things that are that were in the presentation so they can all those five minute vacations yep oh, so they can perfect. download that for free have that and they'll see exactly what you're talking about oh awesome fantastic thank you so much I will make sure to include those in the show notes so you guys can go and find five minute vacations it's been super helpful for me as the parent and also for my kids um, okay let's dive in how did you get involved in special needs ministry? All right. So our journey in special needs and then hence into special needs ministry actually began 12 years ago with the birth of our youngest son. Uh, we, we have two boys. The oldest boy is 14 and the youngest one is 12. And when our 12-year-old was born, we were missionaries with, with Wycliffe Bible Translators. And we had just moved to Texas. We had no friends, no family. We had a new church. And when he was born, he was literally allergic to all food except for sweet potato. Oh, my goodness. And, right? And I so um, I can't even imagine. <laughs> and so, yeah, we are slowly eliminating all foods when we figured this out. And then come to find out he was also on the severe end of the autism spectrum. Mm -hmm. And so we were learning how to live life and going through this and not realizing the impact that it was actually having on our own physical, spiritual, and emotional health until one day when, when we went to church. And I'll let Sarah pick up that, 
the story from there. Yes, we were in church, which we couldn't always make it to church. And if one specific lady wasn't in the nursery, Jordan couldn't stay in the nursery. Uh, there was only one lady he would stay with. But she must have been there that day because we were in the service, just Jonathan and I. And we ended up in the second row right behind the main preaching pastor. And they have a meet and greet time. And the pastor turned around and greeted us and just said, hi, how are you guys today? And well, when your life is a screaming, vomiting, in pain child all day, all, every day, all night, every night, and you've only slept for maybe 15, 20 minutes per chunk of time and put it together for two hours per day, you're, you're not doing real well, but you're in a meet and greet time and somebody asks you, how are you doing? So what are you going to say? So right. I just said, well, I'm tired. You know, I'm tired. And he said, well, do you have any plans to get rest? <laughs> and I'm just thinking of our life circumstances at the time. I'm like, no. And he's like, well, you know how that works, right? When you're tired, you need to get rest. And I'm just like, well, yeah. <laughs> but out of the question right now, I didn't say that. You know, I was just, I just said, well, yeah. So then he paused and he said, well, what do you need? Oh, my goodness. I didn't thought about what I needed. It was all about Jordan and what he needed. And when he said, well, what do you need? I just started crying. Mm. And I wasn't a crier up to that point in my life. I pretty much kept my emotions in check, especially in public. And I just started crying and I couldn't stop. And this was like not just crying, but like bawling, couldn't speak crying. Yeah. And I cried all the way through the service and all the way home and into bed where I fell asleep and I slept for 22 hours. I woke up for a few hours, fed Jordan and slept for another 17. So I'm not sure exactly how Jonathan took care of the boys during those days, but obviously he called in and took work off and stayed home. And <laughs> right. um, I, was, I was out of it. So I woke up sometime Tuesday afternoon, evening. And it was a gradual rebuilding process after that. But that was kind of the impetus that really showed us we, we are not doing well. This is not working. Yeah. Yeah. So through that, that, uh, yeah, our life experience and through prayer that God began to create a burden in our hearts to come alongside other parents uh, through special needs ministry. Right. And Jonathan, what was that like for you when your wife was literally sleeping her life away for those few days? Right. Were you were you scared? Was there any kind of not anger, but just kind of irritation maybe, like come on, man, you know, or did you understand what was happening? Tell us about where you were with with your wife in that. Did I understand what was happening? Um no, I didn't. I'd been going to work every day. Normal, what normal person, normal American does, I should say, that sounds wrong, but yeah, <laughs> typical work schedule. I go in every morning and I work till late at night and I full, didn't fully realize the stress that Sarah was going through. And so when we went to church and she started crying, like, okay, but then she kept on crying and it just kept on going and going. <laughs> and yeah, I, I really had no idea how bad it had gotten. And so, yeah, I was scared and, of course, wanted to do everything I could to help take care of her and worried. Was I angry with her? No, I wasn't angry with her or irritated with her. I, yeah, I mean, she'd, she'd been doing so much. Or was, yeah, I was more upset that I hadn't realized how bad it had gotten with her. Mm. And 
if I had realized how bad it had gotten, I would have said, okay, God, you know, this is a great ministry that you're doing with Wycliffe Bible Translators. And yes, people need your word in every language, but you can find somebody else to do what I'm doing. I want to take my family. I want to take Sarah and the boys, and we're going to move back up north where we're close to family where she can have the support that she needs. And part of that too was I was in, in such a place where I was feeling really hopeless because here I had dedicated my life to ministry. I was all, you know, excited and invested in, you know, Bible translation and missions. And that had been my lifelong goal. And here suddenly I was at home with a screaming infant and toddler. And that's all I was doing all of life. And I didn't have any any way to give back to anybody else or to pour into anybody else or to do anything else. Right. And so I felt like my life really wasn't counting for anything at mm. that point in time. But with a lie, you know, from the pit of hell, um, we can <laughs> topic later. But that's where I was at at the time. So the only thing really giving me hope at that time was that Jonathan was involved in ministry. So I really didn't let him know how hard it was because mm -hmm. I wanted him to be involved in the ministry. So I didn't share with him what all I was going through and how hard it was. Right. So there was an, an element for you to kind of protect your husband from from right. the hard because he needed to focus on the thing that you we're both wanting to do that now only he could do. Yeah. And so that was kind of your way of, you know, okay, well, if I can't do it, at least he can do it, but he can't do it if he knows that I'm in this dire situation. So I'm and just what? going to keep it all to myself. And, and when he realizes it, he realizes it, and then we'll deal with it um, or right. whatever. If you could do something different, would you do it differently? Yes, I would tell him. And if we needed to, leave the ministry and pack up and move back by family, I would. Because mm -hmm. even now, I mean, 12 years later, I still have health struggles. I'm still not as nearly as strong and hardy as I used to be. Right. So it didn't just affect a few years. It's affected the rest of life from that point on. I don't know if I'll ever regain that or not. I may. But up until this time, that hasn't happened. And so... And just so that our older son could have more interaction and, you know, input from grandparents and all those things, life would have been very different. So I say, in my view, looking back, I would have done it different. However, there's also the side of it that looking back, God's hand was in it. Right. And we ended up the exact right place we needed to be to get the treatments for him. Mm -hmm. There was one specific doctor who was just perfect for him and helped him so, so, so much. I can't even put into words how much a couple of practitioners and doctors down there were able to help him. And so in retrospect, I see how God worked and that is exactly where he wanted us. Even though in my view, looking back, I would do it different. Sure. You know, I think that my, so my mom has this magnet on her fridge that says, what if doesn't exist, so don't even go there. <laughs> so a lot of times I feel like we special needs parents, we, you know, it, hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? So we look back and we're like, oh man, if we had only known this, or, you know, what if I had just done this instead of that? And so there is an element where, you know, sure, that may or may not have happened, but 
it happened the way that it happened. And so we can move on in grace, knowing that God is still carrying out his plan and, and he's still using us. We didn't screw it up beyond all hope. So you are coming from a place where, you know, things were in a, in a bad, bad way. You know, Sarah, you were mentally and emotionally and spiritually, uh, physically just in a very, just dark place. And Jonathan, you were in a place of darkness, trying to bring your wife out of that and doing what you could to, to help her. And then through that, you guys are sharing this incredible hope with everyone in the world. And so that brings us to, to hope anew. So you were in this place of darkness and you were figuring out what you needed to do to, to get to a better place in your lives for, for the sake of your marriage, for the sake of Sarah, for the sake of Jonathan, for the sake of your kids. So tell us, how did God use that to bring to life this ministry and hope anew? Yeah. So it that took place in 2012. Um, 2008. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jordan was 18 months. My breakdown was 2008. So fast forward then. Okay. We were, we're, we're, we're going into this a different direction. We were jumping me. into different parts of the story. I just wanted to, to show like my breakdown happened in 2008. It wasn't like, you know, two months later, we're like, let's start hoping new. Right. You know, we can right. Now. No, no, no. It it took years to get to that point. Sure. So, so Sarah and I have our backgrounds in counseling. Part of what what I did with Wycliffe is um, in 2012, I helped lead a trauma healing workshop in South Sudan. And this was just one year after it became a new country. And I was on the border of South Sudan and Sudan, a refugee camp there. Uh, tanks were attacking eight kilometers from where I was at. And refugees were flooding into the camp by the thousands every day. Oh my goodness! And yeah, right. Is is very um, traumatic. I mean, not to overuse the word, but the the people were in a state of crisis, and you'd only see young people there. As and I was actually viewed as being an elder because all the older generation had stayed behind in their in their villages, and we're sending mm-hmm. the young people to refugee camp so that there would be hope for the next generation that their 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 families would survive wow and so i was working with 10 different language groups uh, helping teach the leaders in those communities trauma healing materials that we were using so we were taking the scripture and looking at the questions that they were having and the struggles that they were having and we were going through questions like why god how can you be a good god and allow this to happen to my people grief is it okay to grieve the life that we lost, the family members that we lost, and everything that's happened to our people. Guilt. You know, is it my fault? Or, or God, I'm, I'm angry with these people. How do I forgive them? After, after all they've done to our family, to our home, how do, how do I forgive them? Or, God, I'm angry with you. Is that okay? Hmm. And how do we plan for a future when we're still living in this state of crisis? Right. And as I was going through the scripture and as I was helping the, the individuals work through these questions, I couldn't help but see a correlation between the struggles that they were having and the struggles that Sarah and I had had when we were in the worst of it. You know, questions like, why God? How can you do this to my child? Or, I know what grief is, but what about chronic grief? Because every time my child doesn't reach a milestone or a peer's child does, I'm thrown back into that grief cycle. Yes. 
guilt. You know, was it my fault? Is it something I did? Or God, I'm, I'm angry with you. Is, is that okay? And how do we plan for the future, for our family's future, when we're still living in this state of crisis? And it was just hit me that this was exactly where we were at. And as we talked around to other families, we started seeing that over and over again, it didn't matter what disability, what special need the child had. The parents, to a parent, had these same questions, had these same struggles. Yeah. And so this is in 2012. And as we looked around, we, we didn't see anybody else at the time that was coming alongside families in this way. And so we prayed about it. And we just sort of tucked that in, our, in the back burner. Okay. okay. Someday, maybe God will have us go in this direction. And like kept, someday, when the boys are grown. Right. Yeah. When there's been a Bible translation completed in every language. Yeah. Um, but that burden kept growing in us, and the vision for it kept growing in us. And in the end of 2015, beginning of 2016, God made it clear that we needed to step outside of Wycliffe. And from there, we started Hope Anew. And so, yeah, that's that's... That's how God gave us the, the vision for, for moving forward with, with Hope Anew. Wow. And so when you decided to kind of officially start it, did you kind of look at each other like, is this really what we're doing? <laughs> are, are we really doing this right now? Is, you know, it, was there kind of this hopeful excitement? Like, I, I can't believe this is happening. This is not what we had planned. This was supposed to be like way down the road at the end of high school graduations or whatever, you know, fill in the blank for whatever needed to happen before you were going to start this thing. But clearly God was moving in both of your hearts. And I always find that, at least in our lives, I find that the thing that we as a family are supposed to do, God puts it on my heart and my husband's heart at the same time, uh, or at least brings us into unity at, at the same time. And you know, for instance, that happened with homeschooling. I was thinking about it and I didn't want to say it out loud because then it might actually happen and I didn't want that. But yeah. God was putting it on my heart like, hey, I think maybe you should do this. And I had people speaking into my life saying, hey, I think maybe you should do this. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, no, that's not that's not the plan. That's not the plan. And then God was just really working on me. And one day out of the blue, Kyle says, I want to say something and I don't want you to get mad, which that's always a bad thing. That's always, <laughs> that's never a good sign for a husband to say to his wife. And he said, have you thought about homeschooling? And I'm like, ah, dang it. Okay. I guess that, that, that's it. So just a brief example, but this wasn't just one of your visions. This was a vision that you both had. Yes. Is that yeah, right? This was definitely on both our hearts. Mm -hmm. I love how you use the word hope because it go from, yes, it was very hopeful and, and looking forward to, okay, well, this is what God wants us to do. but then. I mean, it could be 10 minutes later, like, I can't believe we're doing this. Is this really what we're supposed to be doing? But we had had it confirmed in so many ways that this was what we're supposed yeah, to be doing. Yeah, we went through a whole process of praying, asking for guidance, and getting very clear direction. Right. Um, back on a couple fronts that that's what we were supposed to do, even though we were like, that's not really what we want to do. That's like, we wanted to do the ministry of it. But we didn't want to start a whole organization, like the whole business side of things. You know, right. our hearts were in ministry, people doing the whole, you know, legal setup and all that kind of stuff. We really had no interest in that or learning how to do all of that. Yeah. So. Sort of like one of those things like, okay, God, are, are you sure there's not somebody else you'd like us to do this with or for or 
some, <laughs> you know, training that you want us to get before we actually step out and start our own organization? You know, somebody gave me this illustration. It's actually a pastor friend of ours. And he gave us this illustration of a turtle sitting on a, on a fence post. And this is a very country illustration. So we um, live in rural. Yeah, Indiana, we're, we live in the country. So, so it fits. Right, right. But if you walk by a fence post and you see a turtle sitting on that fence post, you know the turtle didn't climb up on the fence post by itself, but somebody else had to set it there. And he said, when Hope Anew is an established, functioning you know, ministry reaching out to thousands of people, it will be obvious that it was not us. It was God. It was his right. ministry. He did it. Yeah, so that's the, that's the view that we've taken with this, and we've had since the beginning, that this isn't Sarah McGuire's ministry, Sarah and Jonathan McGuire's ministry. This is God's ministry, and we're just taking right. him, him following his leading uh, every step of the way. So trying to be faithful in that. Which is beautiful. And I know you guys well enough to know that you don't do anything, you know, on a whim. You're very careful <laughs> and, and planning, and I'm sure your personality has come into play into that somehow. I, I just... I'm always, I'm the impatient one. I'm like, okay, got to get this going, got to get it going. So I know that, that you guys have taken a lot of time and planning and put, put into this. So now that we know where it came from and, and how it got started, let's talk about what is it? What is Hope Anew? What do you, what do, you do? What's available? Tell me all the things. All the things. We'll uh, go into great detail. Um, well, maybe not too much detail. He's not a detail person. Oh, Sarah's a detail. That is an ironic <laughs> statement. <laughs> so side note, when we applied to Wycliffe Bible Translators, that you have to fill out your testimony. Well, and a huge, huge application. Yeah. Anyway. Well, Sarah wrote her testimony out greatly and is, is probably a great story in the book. Well, and you had to answer all these questions, yeah. too. You know, all these biblical theological questions. So when I get right. to my section of doing the testimony, I, I fill it out in bullet points. So, yeah, that's, that's the extent of my de details are. I do are... a whole essay narration. <laughs> I'm, I'm the bullet point guy. So I got a higher score, and we had the exact same content. It's true. They told me I had to go back to the <laughs> So, anyway. <laughs> um, that, that was neither here nor there, but just a side note. Um, so, what does Hope Anew do? The last six months, Hope Anew has actually connected with people from over 59 countries and every state in the United States. And we offer course we have our facebook page but then we through that we have our blog which you can find at hopenew.com you will find bi-weekly articles and our podcast which is once a month then we're offering online groups as well so we have online courses that we take the participants through uh, where they can see each other interact with with each other and these courses are over our core topics like why god chronic grief, guilt forgiveness, and those topics that we, we listed earlier. And so we guide the participants through these topics where they can interact with each other, look at scripture to find the answers, and uh, see and hear from each other. And uh, it's, a, it's a pretty cool experience. That, in a nutshell, is what Hope New does. We also do some speaking, Currently. and we have some online community that we're launching October 1st, which we'll go into more detail later. Yes. Yes. And so we both launched our podcasts at the same time, which was kind of fun. Um, I thought anyway, because before that, 
there are a handful of podcasts for special needs families, for special needs parents. And I had the idea after the end of a Wonderfully Made conference, and, and, and I kind of started talking through that. And then, and then I was talking with Sarah, and she's like, yeah, we're going to start a podcast too. I was like, what? That's awesome. And it was kind of funny how you mentioned our personalities earlier. That had been on our like, you know, plan to do. It's on the calendar in a year. We're starting it on this time. And then after Wonderfully Made, you're like, I'm going to do a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're like, it, Sarah. But, you know, there. I think there's space for everyone. Oh, totally. And talking with other people. And yeah, so I love listening to your podcast. And, you know, and some of our some of our guests are overlapping, but some of them are overlapping on other podcasts, too. I hear the same person on multiple podcasts. And I'm like, <laughs> you know what, the more opportunities they have to get their message out, that's what matters. And sure. so I love that there's kind of unity even even amongst our community, you know, within key ministry and, and just as friends that you know, we're willing to to be okay with that because the important part is that we want to get the message out of hope to families. And you guys are doing an amazing job of doing that and bringing hope to families in all different kinds of ways that I cannot do. I'll tell you this, I'm not offering courses. <laughs> so the need well, is so great. There's, yeah. There really is no competition between. It's just, yeah. I mean, right. it's more like, when I come to the key ministry events and when I, when we see each other and interact with you, it's like, wow, you know, we're, we're a big team coming together because the need is so great. And the parents, yeah, we need that hope. We need the, the different voices speaking into it. So the people that listen to you or, or us, they're going to get, while, while there's overlap, there's still also difference in that, that God's going to use all the different uh, programs and everybody's to, to minister right. to the, part, the family's hearts. And we each come yeah. from a different perspective and different experiences. So we're going to ask different things and talk about different things in a different way. Right. So. Right. I love that we're, it's like, we're just kind of part of a family. We're different, we're different parts of a body and, and each doing the things that God has gifted us to do. And so thank you for stepping out in faith and mm -hmm. following this vision that God has called you to. I think it's, it's a difficult thing to have all the plates spinning that we have spinning and and then say, I think I'm going to take on this really big thing that I can't possibly do alone, <laughs> but God. And the Lord is clearly guiding your steps, and He is clearly putting this forth into into the world. And and He is He is leading this. And when I see hope anew, I, I see the Lord working through it and using it in so many different ways. And I'm so very excited about it. It's why I wanted to have you on the show, because I want to be a cheerleader for what everybody else is doing and the things that you have going. So you have writing, you have blog posts that are out there on the Hope Anew website at hopeanew.com. Uh, you're also still writing for Key Ministry, so there are special needs website there. And you have a podcast, Hope Anew, and you can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and on your website, too. You can listen directly on the website, which is fantastic. So those links will be included in the show notes as well. So there's just so much that you guys are doing and you're starting something brand new. So let's talk about this briefly. You're kind of building up this kind of this mystery about the online community. And so <laughs> everyone's kind of like, what's happening? What's going on? So um, yeah. tell me about the online community that's coming. 
Oh, yeah, we are so excited about the, the online community. You know, one of the things that we noticed as we, especially when we were in the worst of it, is just how isolating the experience was and is. It's hard to get out. It's hard to make friends. It's hard to socialize. Yeah, and friends that you may have had sometimes start to drift off just because you can't be as involved anymore. I used to, I used to joke with people, yeah, that's sort of a half joke I'll say, that when you have a child with special needs or, or a disability, you can feel just as isolated if you're, if you're in the middle of the city in downtown Dallas, downtown Fort Worth, or if you're in the middle of the jungle in Papua New Guinea. Um, right. Both of them, you just, yeah, you feel alone. And it's hard to find those people like you, you feel like they get it, that you can connect with, and that when they see you, they're not afraid to ask, how are you really doing? And yeah, so that's really raised the awareness in our, in our minds and our eyes for the, for the need of community. Now, with that, as I said, it, it can be hard to get out and it can be hard to do these things and socialize, especially depending on what the needs of the child are. So we're launching a online community that's going to launch October 1st. And in this community, we're viewing it as being a laugh together, cry together, pray together community. I love that. Yeah, you know, you can come to it and say, hey, you know what? Nobody else is going to get this, but my child did this this week, and it was hilarious. <laughs> and the, the rest of the round said, you know what? Yeah, we get it. We've been there. And yeah, you're right. It is hilarious. Or they can come say, you know what? This week, we had to take our child to the group home. It is just ripping us apart. We don't know what to do. And yeah, we're just, we're just struggling and overwhelmed. And um, and the members can say, we get it, been there. We know what you're going through. No judgment, no guilt, but that support, that encouragement, that hope of having people that have walked the trail with you that can come alongside you. And they're there that can pray with you and hold you up before our Savior and encourage you that way. Hmm. So that's the vision for the community. There'll be a group that gets it, a group that's been there that you can have at your side. Now, some of the content or things that will be there are like the forums, like he's talking about, where you can ask these questions and have these conversations. And then we will also be offering certain content like master classes once a quarter, uh, where we bring in an expert to teach or present on a topic and have live some question answers, time period with them, those types of things. So for these parents who can't necessarily get out and go to a conference or don't have the time, don't have the money to travel, can't get the childcare that they need, that those are still available to them right in their homes. Right. In addition to the, the quarterly master classes, we'll also have weekly time of soul care where the families can come together, see each other, interact with each other and say, this is what's going on. And we can take time to lift each other up in prayer and just uh, support each other that way. There'll be a time where they can interact with Sarah and I and other leaders just to ask questions and the group can interact with each other again, face-to-face -face over the internet. And they'll be able to search the, the community by disability, by location. So who else is in my area that has a child with this disability? Or is there anybody else? And who can I connect with uh, on these topics? The members will have the Which, ability to create subgroups. If somebody doesn't want that available, they can set the privacy settings to keep that private. Very nice. Yeah, so they can have complete um, flexibility there on, on how much they want to be involved or how much they want to share. But yeah, so if there's, you know, if there's a group that wants to uh, 
yeah, start a subgroup on, hey, we, we have a specific focus on this. Who else wants to be part of it? So they can create their own niche subgroups within the Hopenu community. Really? Yeah. Yes. So that's pretty cool. So there could be a Hope and Autism subgroup, you know, or... Yeah. Or uh, we have one mom who's going to be our moderator for us who wants to do the group home subgroup. Wow. So it's pretty cool just the flexibility that there is. There's going to be a book club within it. So, you, you know, they'll meet... Sarah's pretty particularly excited uh -huh. about this. So they'll meet on there and they'll discuss, okay, here's the book that we're going to read over this period of time. And they'll uh, discuss thoughts that they have from that. There'll be a monthly theme. So each month there'll be an overarching theme and they'll have different questions and, and conversations shaped around that. And as we're able to, we'll plan the master classes to coordinate with one of those themes in that quarter. That is awesome. So there's so many different facets, so many different things going into it. There's actually going to be a care team. So if somebody says, you know what, I, want, I need prayer but I don't want to meet with the whole group. We can schedule time with somebody from our prayer team and they'll meet with, they can meet with that individual one-on-one -on -one to share what's going on and receive prayer. So it's, wow. it's going to be robust. It's going to be, it's going to be a legit community. It's not just going to be something that log on to, but it's going to be a place where you, where you want to be. Right. Much more in depth than, than a Facebook group alone. It, there's just so many different things to it, which is, which is great. And, uh, and I'm excited to be a moderator. We're so excited to have you as a moderator on there. It's it's great. Yeah, so, I'm really looking forward to yeah. it. It's and I think it's so important and it's so necessary. We know from from being at these conferences that that it is difficult for families to to make it to special events just for them. It's difficult for them just to get to a church in town if they're even welcomed and and made to feel. Uh, special and, and included. And so many families just have kind of given up hope and they're sitting at home going, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what to do anymore because we can't go here and we can't go there. We can't do this. We can't do that. Where am I supposed to find, you know, this, this hope that people keep talking about? So I think that this is going to be an incredible way to share the love of Jesus and and to really come alongside families who are who are needing this these kinds of things. So I am so excited. Is there a place that people can sign up on your website now to kind of be on the list for it or when it comes out or how do we do that? Yes, yes, we have a landing page that you will be able to that our listeners can go to and they can uh, click the join now or sign up here for for, for more more information so they can just click Perfect. right on that button and that will uh, take them to next steps. Awesome. So lastly, I want to leave our listeners with your special hope. Jonathan and Sarah, what is your special hope that you have to give to whomever might be listening? So I'm going to go first because Sarah might steal it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, mine goes back to a tagline that we use in the beginning of our podcast is that there's beauty in the journey, purpose in the pain. And as I look back, I can see how God was with us every step of the way, how he directed us and how he's used the situations. And I can see such a positive amidst all the hard, amidst all the heavy against, amidst everything that was going on, I can still see how God was there, how he's faithful, how he is true, how he led us. And I can see how he used it in our family. and both in my life, Sarah's life, both of our son's lives, and that it's, it's really shaped uh, where we're at today. So he is using it, and there's purpose in, what he, in everything that's going on. We may not see it immediately. It may be a long time, maybe years down the road. Yeah. But there is purpose, and, and there's beauty. 
yeah, it comes from Christ and, and the, knowing that he's in control, that he loves us, that we're not alone, that he's with us amidst the hard. Yeah. And that, like you said, he went first, so he, he knew he'd steal my answer, but I will, <laughs> um, because we have the same answer, but I'll, I will add this. When we realized that we were going to be starting our own organization, a separate organization and not joining another one. Of course, we had to come up with a name, right? You have to name an organization. Right. So as we were through different names, we kept coming back to hope. Because when we were in those dark, really hard times, it felt like a fairly hopeless place. And, and it, there's kind of a double meaning there, where in our, our earthly perspective here, it felt like a hopeless time in life. The outlook wasn't good. I didn't know if I was going to be home with a child who was crying and screaming for the rest of his life. You know, this could be the rest of my life, just taking care of him. And that felt never ending at the time. But then years later, he was doing so much better. And I wasn't caretaking 24-7. Obviously, normal child caretaking 24-7, yes, but not like special needs on duty 24-7 not never getting to sleep type of caretaking. You know, we all experience that death of our expectations, the death of our dreams of what we had expected in life. And we have to build a new vision for what life will be going forward. And we all have to wrestle with that. And that's part of the grieving process in this journey. And so Hope Anew, Jonathan came up with that name because you kind of have to grieve what isn't anymore and you have to build a new vision. Right. And so even though, you know, God and Christ, he is there through all of it. He loves us through all of it. Like we have that eternal hope that doesn't change. So that's the bedrock of it. And that's the bedrock of our hope. And yet then there's the, the double meaning of, in the earthly view of things, we need to grieve the expectations we had, and we need to build new expectations. So there is a hope anew. And all of it is foundation in the Bible, in Christ, and God, and who he is, and uh, Jesus being our Savior, giving us that eternal hope. Yes. So beautiful. Such beautiful words. Thank you so much for sharing. There is beauty in the journey and purpose in the pain, and we can have hope anew indeed. So Jonathan and Sarah, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your hearts and your ministry with us. I am praying for you. I am praying that God would bless this, that he would show favor on it, and that he would He would be the one to grow it. And I can't wait to see what, what he does with this. Um, I'm excited to watch Hope Anew continue to grow. I'm excited to watch each of you in, in your roles in that and, and the, the new ideas and the new visions that you have in the future. And I can't wait for this new community project. So thank you guys so much for being on the show. And I can't wait to see you guys again soon. We look forward to it. Thank you so much for having us. And thank you, Sarah. It's a delight to know you and to work with you in this field. And uh, we love all that you are doing well. Thank you. You guys are awesome.
If you'd like to connect with Jonathan and Sarah, you can find them through Hope Anew on Facebook at Hope in the Trenches and on Twitter at Hope underscore Anew. Or search for Jonathan McGuire and look for the Hope Anew username with their green butterfly profile logo. To find the five-minute vacations Jonathan talked about in the beginning, head over to the website at hopeanew.com and you'll see a pop-up for the five-minute vacations. You'll get the free download when you sign up for updates, so I highly encourage you to sign up for that great resource, plus all the other benefits they offer through their community. Find their Hope Anew podcast on any podcasting platform, as well as their website at hopeanew.com slash podcast. All of these links will be made available in today's show notes, so please check those out. I'm your host, Sarah Brody, and this is A Special Hope. You can find our website at hopeinautism.com slash a special hope podcast, also on Facebook and Instagram at a special hope podcast, and on Twitter at a special hope pod. You can also email me at a special hope podcast at hopeinautism.com. I'd love to connect with you on social media and hear your comments. And if you're enjoying listening to a special hope, I would greatly appreciate it if you could give a five-star rating and give a quick review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. It goes a long way towards helping others find hope and encouragement. Thanks so much for listening today. Have a great week.